Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. It's all yours. You can have it. We don't want it. We're almost we're almost to a thousand episodes of Impact. I can't believe that. Um, but uh, we we have not been doing this for a thousand episodes, although it feels like it at times. Uh, but who is we? What, what is this we we're talking about? Who are, who are we? We are. I'm Jamie Williams. Uh, you sometimes people colloquially refer to me as the vet. The vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The vet. Vet vet vet. Rip 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 Rogers guy. And with me as always, tag team partner, Brandon. Brandon, I'm tagging you in. What's going on? Not a whole lot, man. Uh, but that's been going on in wrestling. Uh, tomorrow, the Endeavor deal is supposed to finalize. So it should... Uh, it's like closing the book on one... Or closing cover of one book in the history of wrestling and opening up the first chapter on another. It's true. What do you think is gonna that that's gonna mean? Is it, it reminds me of like a. <laughs> I know what it should mean, but it, I just don't know if that's what we're going to get. Uh, but it reminds me of like the old uh, Sinbad stand-up routine where he's talking about uh, when you get married. Like, like you're at the altar and you, you say your vows and the woman says, I do some things got to change around here. Like that was the, like the, that's the instant it starts changing. So like, as soon as that deal is finalized, you should see a bunch of stuff happen. I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think might happen? It might not be instant at first. There's definitely going to be some changes. It might take a year for those to actually start manifesting. But I think like once Endeavor finally sees like what exactly it is that they've bought, they look, they actually go through the books, they go through the numbers, they look at data and just all of that. And they see like, holy shit, what did we get into? Well, we have the power now. So we're going to turn this thing around and make it even more profitable. Because again, like what they, what like everybody's been saying is, yeah, they're making a shit ton of money, but how much money could they be making if the product was better? Yeah. I thought you were going in the direction that I was saying. It's just like when they go through all that stuff and see all that, they're like, holy shit, uh, we're closing this down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, if they didn't, I, if it's one of those things where they wouldn't see the money making potential of it, they'd probably shut it down. But, they know that like wrestling's been hot before. It can be hot again. It's part of the tapestry of Americana. It just needs to be reheated and turned back up and modernized. Well, can they do it? And that's will the question. They, from and from the history, know, will they know what to do? That that's part of the problem too. Is because the people who would know how to do it would they be do, would they be going in with the interest of keeping the business alive and, and growing the business and making the business thrive, or would they be in it for their own selfish interests? That's the only issue with getting wrestling people involved. All right. 
if you get if you get wrestling people involved well the wrestling people are already involved now you're just mixing more corporate stuff into those I, those I think, environments you know i think what you need is the wrestling minds but with the sort of damocles hanging over their head of like you have to perform and you can't do your carny backstabbing bullshit otherwise you're gone but you know what you're doing you have experience and if you don't perform then we'll find somebody else who can well let's find out how carny they are because a real carny has been able to work people for this long and they should be able to continue to do it yes as i was going to point out but you just put it up on the screen uh Elizabeth says in a normal merger it will flush out in the next 12 to 18 months but the first thing that will happen is duplication of effort will be eliminated like legal and hr departments so yeah why, so why, a lot Rex, of redundancy right so why you need two hr departments for wwe and ufc oh well i'll tell you why you need two <laughs> that's actually kind of a good point <laughs> uh so you know um yeah, most of the thing I think the changes is not the stuff that fans are going to be interested in or expect. It's surely not at first. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All we can do is see. Uh, everybody's conjecture at this point is relatively, um, you know, unfounded. And again, I hope that, like, the new ownership and the people he's got in his corner are going to start looking at things much differently than the McMahons did because... I think when I forgot the name of the coach or the manager, but the best comparison I ever heard to Vince McMahon was to the Raiders coach who basically took that team to heights they had never seen, but at the same time, he sent them crashing back down. Yes, Al Davis. Yes, Al Davis. Yes, Whereas, that's like, a very... Very apt comparison. Very apt comparison. Yeah, like if, if Al Davis would have left, it's like, okay, I, I had my time. I accomplished what I accomplished. I don't have it anymore. I'm going to step away. If Vince would have done that, he probably would have had a much better legacy than he... Well, we, it's, it's still being written, but it would definitely look better in the end if he would have done that rather than just, you know, kept going and thinking he knew better than everybody else and wasn't out of touch. Yeah, or Jerry Jones is doing it now. He's still alive, you know? Like, that, that, that sort of, you know, that prestige that you're coasting on, like, past, you know, successes that haven't been since, you know, God knows when. The Raiders haven't... The, the last time the Raiders were important in football, I was in diapers. So that's why... Um, I think it's it's a good comparison because in the 80s that's when the wwf rose to prominence you know on a national and global more global scale uh and and you know separated itself more from the nwa and those type of things and then uh you know it enjoyed that great success at first and then it was just a lot of you know it it it, it got exposed pretty quickly after that, but then, you know, it just got hot again in the 90s and uh, the late 90s, and then it's, you know, struggled at times, but yet it seems to get bigger and bigger despite the fact um, that we're all saying, like, wow, this could be a lot better. And part of that is due to them being the only game in town for a long time. 
So it, it's the same way that the Raiders fans are still talking about John Madden and those Super Bowls from the 70s and stuff. It's just like they'll just never let that shit go, even though they haven't won shit in 40 years. So um, it is very it, it, it's a very good comparison, I think. Yeah, not not to say that like a Vince McMahon or uh, Al wouldn't be a valuable asset, but you have to have them in the right spot, which is not a ship's uh, ship steer shot caller. Like basically they're kind of like the Godfather advisor that you go to when it's like, Hey, I'm having trouble with this. I'm in this, this kind of predicament. What do you recommend? Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like you want them to back off, but it's their thing. They own it. It's like they, you know, it's, theoretically they should be able to do whatever they want um and agreed but at the same time though for the sake of that product or that company it would be best if they stepped away because they're just not they're just not in that headspace they don't have that ability anymore like it's it's past them by and it's time for them to be to pass it to somebody who can take it to the next level all right the one difference there though is that you have a tangible thing with results in terms of you know football it's like are you winning or are you not it's very easy for everyone to see that sort of bottom line thing you know with wrestling it's like there's so many ways to disguise or excuse or whatever it's like well the ratings are only this because blah 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 tv viewing habits and yada 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 oh the only reason that we didn't sell these tickets is because well you know we just had a pandemic and it's hard to get people to you know people are still relearning how to enter society you know like you can make up any excuses why you're not doing the things that you should be doing when you're putting subjective creative out there creative is subjective uh as jeff Jarrett likes to say but at um, the same time though it may be subjective but a lot of people are not going to like it or the yeah. the ratio of who likes it to who doesn't like it's going to be much more skewed in one direction yep. but then you have to say well what are the who are we only hearing from these people that are you know we know that the uh like the internet for example is a vocal minority they don't represent everybody but they're the only people you hear from you're not going to hear from just the average person that turns on the television to watch monday night raw they just watch it or don't and don't say anything to anybody you know, but then those people that get on Twitter or whatever, they're just, are they even watching the show at all, but they're still commenting on it? So you never really know who to listen to these days. Uh, it's it's a, a can of worms. We opened a can of worms with this conversation, and we've got a lot to cover. So before we do, let's, uh, let's acknowledge some of these people like Lizbeth, who made a fine comment to, uh, you know, support our discussion here. Yeah, it looks like we got hanging out with, with us tonight is Lab Rat, the aforementioned wonderful Lizbeth, Jerome Hall, Javi Uchida. How you guys doing tonight? Whoop, whoop. All right, we'll probably see some more faces uh, as they file in, um, like a poorly attended WWE show. Uh, or AEW. The, uh, yeah, so speaking of... Um, Speaking of that, uh, I mean, I guess there's not a hell of a lot of news out there. Um, something about Gail Kim having a bad fall at the uh, thousand episode tapings or something this weekend. And first, I've heard about that. 
Yeah, she assures everybody that she's okay on social media, but apparently there was some apron spot and she fell and hit her head or something. Maybe it was like a battle royal or some shit. Uh, I don't know. Why, why is Gail Kim doing apron spots in, with her status and age? She doesn't need to. I don't think it... Uh, maybe, I, maybe I should rephrase it. I don't think it was an apron spot. I think okay. it just happened to be on the apron, right? Okay. Like uh, uh, something about Velvet Sky. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, Velvet Sky pulling her off the apron and she fell, you know, like one of those spots. I grabbed the leg or something. I, I don't know. Um, don't know. Haven't seen it. Won't see it till probably next Monday when I try <laughs> to cram the impact in before we have to record. But, uh, but yeah, I think it went down on the ninth is when the actual uh, taping of the episode happened. So we'll see it or we'll see their editing of it. Uh, either way um so that's like a small impact piece of news everything else was some stupid shit uh and then of course there's the matt riddle incident which i really don't know that much about other than it seems at this point now that i'm like f seeing the summary of everything it seems like you know much ado about nothing the only real issue is that you know he matt falsely, Riddle's he falsely accuses somebody of doing something they didn't do right but you know is is like is this him being you know inebriated in public which that brings up the question like is he uh you know off the wagon you know didn't he go to rehab for these things like is this going to keep happening is something else going to keep happening i think that's the bigger issue but you know as for this issue a wrestler getting into something at the airport well that's just life I that's another really... day at the office yeah, but apparently, um, yeah, he's off of Raw tonight and whatever, so. I'm just pissed he has me on the side of a TSA agent. <laughs> Don't put Brandon in that position, having to defend TSA. Come on. Come on, Riddle. That's what you should be thinking about. You should be thinking about my Impact co-host. Anyway. Uh but yeah, so, well, you know, it's Matt Riddle, bro. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care. You're going to have to come up with something a little bit more juicy and salacious than this for me to care. Guy's probably fucking drunk. So, who knows? Um, Or maybe the guy did get handsy. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it, it both could be true. Yeah, but ultimately what the, the fact of the matter is that there was no police report filed and they let him go, so nothing happened other than some social media posts. So like, as far as everybody else knows, he made some posts and deleted them, wasn't arrested, no, no police report filed, just they let him go, yada, 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 no real news, but everybody else is going to make up the news surrounding it. Jeez. Just like always happens. So, until more comes out about that, really not much to comment on. What about you? Did you see anything newsworthy in these past seven days? Not really, other than the Endeavor deal being finalized. Which is tomorrow, right? That is correct. That is correct. I'm not taking my shirt off, but um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess uh, let's just get into business as usual then. 
So we got a lot to talk about wrestling wise. And do we have a punching up impact? Uh, unfortunately, not for this week. Had a very busy um, and family oriented week this week. So unfortunately, could not get that. But I will have that along with a uh, this week and a victory road redo. Basically, kind of redo that entire build like we did for emergence. Okay. All right. So. I mean, uh, it's it's two weeks plus a show, should be able to, shouldn't be too hard. We we reward the the viewers' patience with the. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, well, we got two weeks plus a show. It's felt like two weeks, um, and uh, I wasn't even sure if I was gonna have to, like, if they were putting out the one thousandth episode ahead of time. I thought I was gonna have to watch three things, but you know. Uh, apparently not, not yet. It'll air at its normal time. Um, but, uh, the, uh, let's see. When was this? What, what, what day did this episode take place? This would have been September 7th, September 7th episode of impact wrestling, which is a go home show of sorts to victory road, which is a sorts of pay-per-view. If you want to call it that. Um, and, uh, let's see how they did in terms of getting us excited. Uh, we're going to do our normal recap to start, and then we're going to get, uh, Deanna Parasso versus Danny Luna. That's right. Danny Luna. Who's Danny Luna? Danny Luna's the, the lady from subculture. Uh, Danny Luna lasts about five minutes before tapping out. Um, seems about right. Um, I tell you, if, well, I'll just say this: uh, if these ladies, uh, these ladies may be your cup of tea if you're not into, let's say, someone with the body type of an Alicia Edwards, uh, you may be more interested in this match. So I don't know where Retro Rocket Review is, but it seems like he'd be all over it. Um, that's all I really have to say about that. Uh, what did you think? No, I actually liked this match. It was decent. Uh, the opening sequence, I really liked because i mean i'm i kind of like with m m i overanalyze everything so i'm watching it and they get and when it ends with daniel like she uh peraza locking in the arm bar the fujiwara arm bar and luna immediately going for the rope i thought that showed great character character for luna where she's like where it shows that she pays attention to her opponents and as soon as the arm got locked in she immediately went for the rope like nope yep and yep. It, and it was built to and it made sense so i thought that was a great opening uh i didn't like how the camera caught diana positioning herself for the finish mm. did she scoot yep oh yeah i don't like that i don't like the scooting um i mean i i remember yeah. i've seen I, I keep thinking back to like if you're coming up if you got to position yourself and come off the top rope or something i remember seeing like RVD and Eddie Guerrero adjusting themselves mid-air because they don't want to make their stuff look like shit. Right. You know what's even worse when you do that and your spot is to move? Yeah. It's like, why don't you just stay... You're, you're already in position. You see him move out of the way. That's it. You don't have to move until they come down. Yeah. And like that, that quarter inch that you slid over really made a difference too. Like... <laughs> Like they were like they were just going to be a complete uncoordinated mess and fall all over the place if you weren't that quarter inch to the side. 
Yeah, what did you think of Danny Luna? I mean, it's probably your first real chance to focus on her as a singles, and she's in there with one of the best. So, Dion definitely definitely carried her to a uh, more than passable match. I mean, I thought it was decent. Danny did her part as she should. She just needs somebody in there like a Dion and a Guider. And God, she did to a tap out finish. Take that, Danny Luna. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, pretty much it. There's no further business on this. Uh, it was kind of a cold match with no, like, I don't remember these two having a thing. I know my memory's not the greatest at times, but uh, basically the old Bret Hart tune up match. Yeah, the, t- <laughs> the tune up match. Uh, so there we go. Um, then we get a little vignette. Crazy Steve, who assures us once again that he is not crazy while doing the craziest things we've ever seen. So I was sitting there looking at this, and I'm just well, like... He, well, he said he said he's not crazy because he's fully aware of his actions and knows what he's doing. That sounds like something a crazy person would say. And, and, indeed, which I think kind of actually works for it. Right. Is it so? I'm, but I'm, regardless, I'm just watching this and I'm just like, isn't this just a violent by design variant? Like, isn't this just another, like, you know, like when the He Man action figure would come out with like Thunder Punch He Man and, you know, Hurricane Fist He Man? And like, is, isn't this just like another the design, the violent by design? Like, it- this is a guy in a room doing weird shit with music and lighting and, and talking like a cult leader, even though, and, and talking about way bigger, more important issues than pro wrestling. And then you got to go in there and just have a match. Impact's never been one, to, or they've always been the kind of two where they pile on the different art or multiple of the different archetypes. Like, so I remember when they had. The inspiration, they had the influence as a tag team, and then they brought in Giselle Shaw. So it's like, okay, you have five girls with a mean girl archetype. Yep. Going back to the uh, beautiful people and pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's no excuse. I mean, just because they have done it doesn't mean they have to keep on doing it. Oh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm with you on that. I'm just pointing out that they have a history of doing that. And Crazy Steve has been Crazy Steve for a good long time, too. So, you know, I get it. But now this new version is much more like, like we already have one of these. We have <laughs> sitting in a dark room eating uncooked ramen noodles. Yeah. We, we, the, this, this, this version of Crazy Steve is like, we have, we have violent by design at home, basically, is what this is what this version is. Um, so you order violent right. by design on Wish, yeah, pretty much. What is what do you think of it? Still, are you still intrigued by it? Or there's, I th- really think there is something there, it's just where they're going with it. Just it could be better, it could be different, but at least like steve's performance has kind of has gotten better like it's something something more that he can sink his teeth into and tap into a little bit better because it's more personal for him all right oh well speaking of a guy who takes his real life and turns it into the worst wrestling shit that you've ever seen uh tommy dreamer uh tells his life story into the camera and cries again um and then heath walks in 
and with what on the surface seems like some sensible advice like hey man hey you can't just put your career if you put your career on the line man then you you're not gonna be able to help anybody else out man you're throwing everything away man why do you want to do that over fucking kenny king and the goddamn digital media championship brother is basically what he said i mean not in those words perhaps but that was his point and tommy dreamer was like yeah, good point. I'm going to do it anyway, and then walked off. So, all right. There you go. Great, great scene. Lovely honesty from Tommy. Crying. You can see the real tear. He's not just trying to cry like he's talking and the tears rolling down his eyes. You can hear it in his voice. He means every bit of it. And, well, we'll talk about that match at Victory Road, and we'll talk about everything else. But, uh, you know, I've already expressed my feelings on tommy dreamer multiple times you know i've met tommy dreamer it's i I've, i'm very familiar with tommy dreamer um but i'm just not into anything he's doing and the final straw was when he and bully had that program and i was just like you know what i'm just done with all this crap you can't keep prostituting out your real life that involves real people living or dead and turning it into the shittiest wrestling possible you have to like you got to honor them by not sucking you know like you have to do something that's cool and interesting you can't just turn it into fake ass wrestling man if you're gonna be that real and that's the same thing i'm saying with crazy steve like you you pour your heart out and then you fucking you, you it's like you'd slip on it you pour you dump you 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 bury your heart for us all to see and then you it, it slips the blood makes it slips out of your fingers and it falls on the ground and then you slip on it like a banana peel god damn it anyway go ahead and and to answer jerome's question i think it goes back to the mick foley interviews from 1997 but the thing where he basically took his real life and his background and attached it to the characters that he was doing, but not everybody's Mick Foley. Yeah, nobody's Mick Foley, like not in terms of that. And people had not done that kind of stuff as much back then. We were still trying to protect the business back then. We didn't have the internet really to just, everybody could just look this shit up and find it out. The only way you would have known about Mick Foley is if you were watching WCW and saw that Cactus Jack stuff or saw ECW and the Cactus Jack stuff. And you would sort of reference those things. But even then he was talking about things that you couldn't have known or he was telling made up stories or versions of stories that you couldn't have known for the sake of the character. Like, that's what it was supposed to be. It's like mankind came in mysterious and he was mysterious for a while. And then with the interviews, it's just that's all crazy Steve is doing now is just ripping off the mankind interview. And they've tried to do that multiple times, but they've never gotten anything good out of it. So, what's the point? But yeah, that, that's that's what it is, Jerome. I, I think everybody's trying to recreate that magic even down to the attacking the interviewer you know like he put the mandible claw on jr and then which was great about what was great about that is like he snapped out and is like oh shit, what i just do yeah get get that help was so good it was so good can we get some help because you it know, looked like, lo it looked like he legit went out of his mind and then came to his senses right so which people you know can do uh but anyway and and Mick Foley is one of the few who could actually perform that believably. 
Right. All right, let's talk about some more believable stuff. Um, Singh and Shira versus uh, versus Joya with their full their full routine. Okay, they're doing the full routine, and of course the heels are just gonna stand there and watch it all. Um, so, Joya. All right. Well, Brandon is definitely a fan. Uh, I I do feel that um, this is the this is a, a barely acceptable amount of ridiculousness for professional wrestling. Like there's all there's definitely a line for me. There's there's a line of delineation, and um, this is on the side of acceptability because this is something that fits into joe hendry's you know it's it's always been part of his persona ever since the first time i saw him so it shouldn't be any different now he's he's always doing musical things you know revolving around him his opponents his partners whatever he's always got like music as a part of it and he just so happens to be a pro wrestler it's not like he breaks into this routine in the middle of the match or you know does anything like that but it you know so in that sense i guess like i said it's acceptable this match lasts even less time than luna danny luna did so i mean there's that too was, i think the uh, full entrance with performance probably lasted a little bit longer than the match but that's <laughs> fine the people seem to be into it several crowd shots of people doing it doing the dance and stuff so that's that's good it's getting over to that ironically liking things audience uh but it was funny to see people of various ages and ethnic backgrounds all doing the clap and the hand thing so all right what do you say brandon uh that's when it's over huh hey when you can cross that many backgrounds you you know you're over or appeal to that many backgrounds yep I mean, again, like I, I look at a guy like Hendry and I think just like, man, like if the WWE was working correctly and they had their machine behind a guy like him, like he could be a huge star because he's one of those guys that has it. Yeah, but they're not and they would. <laughs> and having a giant Scottish handsome guy would threaten Drew McIntyre, so. That's true too. They already got one of those, pal. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Anything else to add about the uh, the match there? Any notes or? Nah, I just can't help but like. Like I look at Yuya, and then I think of like Okada, Sonata. Like I'm just thinking, like ten years from now, like Yuya is going to be a big deal. All right, marking it down, marking it down. Um, all right, well, um, Burt Macklin and Bully argue in the back. Uh, sure, they're arguing about PCO or something. I wasn't really paying attention. Did, did you have any notes on this? Not really. It was just more like Bully losing more allies because of his him freaking out over PCO. Right. And let's all let's remind everybody that the way they sort of went off of that last time was he trapped his arm in the door and tried to 
get him to calm down and then the camera just cut and then we never saw it <laughs> yeah, or, like, or the whole thing how do you get out of that situation i yeah i think like what we're the story they're going for is bullies trying to reach the human side the carl ulet side of pca right the pirate side if you will jean-pierre lafitte <laughs> Yes, uh, yes. So well, that would be no less ridiculous if uh, we get a clip of Gail Kim and Awesome Kong uh, to sort of promote Impact One Thousand. We get a Will Osprey highlight reel. Um, then we get Josh with Gia, no music underneath, and of course, uh, this is very generic. I'm sure you don't have any commentary on this. Now, there's a lot of generic and just basic wrestling promos tonight. Okay. Not working too hard. That's okay sometimes. Uh, Subculture has joined mid-entrance. They take on uh, Swanahan. Um, yeah, if you thought I was going to pay attention to this, I'm sorry. I'll refund your... Uh, I'll refund your $5 channel add to subscription right now if you wanted a full breakdown of this fucking match, but I ain't doing it. Maybe Brandon can help you out with a little bit of it, but as soon as I see these, like all these guys except for Rich Swan, but like once Rich Swan is is guilty by association, you know that I, I group him in with that. So unfortunate, but I got really nothing on this match. It was just basically your. Uh, like I forgot to write. Like what was on? Was there anything even on the line in this match, or is it just two teams like, "Hey, we're gonna wrestle"? I believe that they that Santino made it like a number one contenders match for the tag team championships or something like that, and a previous a previous episode, that, not this episode. That's what I was thinking, but I don't think they drove that home enough or even mentioned it. Yeah, it's seen random, and I could be wrong. But uh, I also I know I know down. it was set up in a backstage segment the previous week, but like what what did this really accomplish? Like what business did this forward? It forwarded the business of uh, whoever's the tag team champions having somebody to wrestle. Oh, it's uh, the Rascals. Yeah, and they're wrestling uh, Motor City Machine Guns at the pay per view. Yeah, they had first dibs. That's the reason why subculture was upset because they didn't get their rematch so that's why they went to complain to santino and then so it's like he's like it's too late the guns already have done that or whatever he said and then uh that whole thing happened we don't need to talk about last week anymore i didn't write down a finish for this match i assume that uh callahan pile drove somebody and pinned him yeah i do yeah swan and callahan went over i forgot what with what but they did go over i'm gonna go with pile driver uh, maybe the chat can correct me if it was not Pile Driver. Cactus Driver 97. Yeah, right. Don't ever compare yourself to Cactus Jack again. Um, That's how I always thought it was like a tribute to was Cactus Jack. That's why he called it the Cactus Driver. Yeah. Well, you're no Cactus Jack. And your Pile Driver is no Cactus Driver. And even he didn't call it the Cactus Driver. He just called it a Pile Driver. Uh, the... Uh, we get a oh, promo. Nope. I'm actually going back and look at it now. Callahan hits Andrews with the Death Valley driver, followed up with Swan on doing a 450 splash. Oh. All right. 
I'm quite sure he hit a pile driver at some point because I remember screaming about it. Uh, that part I did remember. I probably just was like, oh, that's a finish. Let me go check on my dinner or whatever. Um, so, so uh, yeah. So we get a promo from the Sean Taraj. Did they just now think of this? Or have they been doing this and I've missed it for weeks? The Sean Taraj name? It, it's been there for a bit. I think it was something like an announcer threw out there as a rib and they kind of thought, or the management heard them like, hey, we liked it. Let's keep going with that. Or not really as a rib, but just threw it out there as like just a phrase and then management liked it and it stuck. So is this uh, is this like the first time they refer to themselves or or whatever? I think this might have been the first time they refer to themselves as that because the only time I've ever heard them refer to that is either uh, Ray Wald or Hannah Fan referring to him as that. Okay. All right. Well, they did a generic promo. Yeah, um, that's, that's like Josh Alexander did. That's basically what I have here: basic wrestling promo. It's, it's good, but I mean, yeah, they, basic, it was basic perform- and short. Yeah, perf- yeah, they they performed and did their part well, but just like what what do you what do you expect us to get out of it? It's your basic wrestling promo. Right. Well, this goes to our discussion that we had before we went live, which was, you know, they got all these people on Monday Night Raw and nobody doing anything. You mean to tell me you couldn't fit a promo of this type for somebody else on Raw that you're not using, you know? You could you couldn't give Apollo Crews a 1 minute or a 30 second or something just right, you couldn't sh- instead you couldn't of one sh- of your little recaps. Right, you couldn't shave a minute or two off your one of your 20 minute matches? No. No time. Sorry, we're live, pal. All right, Rascal's promo is interrupted by the good hands. Uh, is there some collusion between the good hands and the Rascals right here on camera? Perhaps. Tom certainly seems to think so when they come back uh, to the announcers. So he's just yelling collusion. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we've already suspected it. But now we have, again, video confirmation. So it's not technically like a filmed crime. Don't worry, we'll get plenty of those. <laughs> But um, but still, it's it's filmed evidence of uh, you know something's not right here. The good hands are definitely like mercenaries, right? It doesn't confirm anything, but it definitely like it's a suspicious thing. Where like, okay, we need to look into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like it, it would right. it wouldn't convict, but it would warrant, but it would trigger an investigation. Like an investigation into the Matt Riddle airport incident? Or an investigation into the all-in backstage fight? So, we yeah. finally get to a, a, a something on the show that we can actually talk about, or at least I'd like to think we can. Because... Young Kevin Knight has another match with a veteran wrestler... Um, a grizzled 28 year old veteran wrestler in Leo Rush, uh, that is far and away the highlight of the show. It's probably the highlight of the weekend. If you are waiting to see, all right, why is Leo Rush so like what? What's so great about Leo Rush or whatever? How how does Dude, he separate he... himself from everybody else? On this roster, Brandon, you are ready to go. Jump right in. He and Leo Rush impressed me so much with this match. Like, 
he showed that he can tell a story, keep it simple without doing a whole bunch of crazy shit and just be character, keep it simple, keep it basic and tell a great story in the ring. That's right. I mean, I, I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed this. Right. It was, well, I mean, I thought it was very well structured and built. Uh, like it was basically heat, character, and selling, which we don't, we hardly see anymore. No, well, in a world of guys who are undersized and like to jump around, uh, how I do you stand out? He somehow figured out how to manage to be a great, small, annoying pest heel, like just this little annoying gnat you want to see get swatted. And he does an amazing job with that. Right. And he's also, he also can turn it up. You know, when, when he has that look on his face, like he's, he's uh, disgusted and he's going to take it out on you. Like you really believe it. And then when you see, and then his attitude, the way he carries himself when he's on top in a match, you want to see him get knocked off his high horse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a totally different way, but with the same style and result as Moose did, uh, he basically made this uh, a perfect showcase for not only Kevin Knight, but for just how to have a match. Like, this is a modern setting, but this is the way wrestling is supposed to be and have been. So nobody watching this as a fan that thinks that old wrestling was nothing but headlocks and stuff, nobody's going to know the difference between something like this and, you know, whatever else they see and like in a fast-paced, modern type of match. Um, but for the trained eye, there's a huge difference, and we can see those things and appreciate those things. As soon as Leo Rush showed up in Impact, I was looking forward to the day when like hopefully he'd be able to do what i know he can do you know there's no guarantee that he'd be able to have a match like this you know he might you know always be in tag team matches or he might be in the babyface side or you know whatever whatever the things that the that impact wrestling might ask of leo rush may never put him in the position to do something like this and showcase it uh but i just really feel like justified and vindicated when I tell people, like, as soon as Leo Rush is like, oh, man, like, I'm rubbing my hands together, like, Leo Rush is here, so I hope you guys get to see this. And then I feel so good when people actually get to see it, because not only is it great, but, uh, I, you know, I always like to be right. I don't, you know, I'm I, I very don't happy. like being right. I'm very happy you were right about everything you told me about Leo Rush. Yeah. So you basically broke it down. You explained what you liked about it. Um so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, just, a a showcase of athleticism because he knows he's got this kid who can do all this stuff and how can we do this and make it make sense. But how am I going to get over because I'm going over, but I don't want to take everything, but it's, and there's also a size difference. And how am I going to, am I just going to do what, like, uh, you know, this, okay. It's like, let me put it to you this way. Right. We've seen Moose have an incredible match with Kevin Knight. We've seen uh, Leo Rush have an incredible match with Kevin Knight. 
Now give Kevin Knight to Alex Shelley and see what kind of match you get. I guarantee you it's not going to be anything like these two matches. It's going to be completely lame. And it's going to expose like how much he doesn't know, despite the fact he's the most influential wrestler of all time, essentially, is what I'm being told. But so, you know, when you when you when you get Kevin in these situations where he's got to learn on the job, um, they have him do all the right things and it's really good. And if he has any input on it, then that shows that Kevin Knight has a real good aptitude for this business and you know i know he's been working with kushida a lot because they were a tag team for an entire round robin tournament during the the super junior tag league and uh you know i so think like, that's the story they've been carrying in with this is basically like kushida's like his mentor yeah and which is like a, a a work and a shoot you know like i don't know how much time kushida spends with him outside but probably probably some quite probably quite a bit they're a tag team, the Jet Setters or whatever, the, whatever they're called, I forget. Um, but, uh, you know, so so we know Kushida knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, so a great match. Uh, Kevin Knight actually had to drop kick downwards to hit Leo Rush, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> he's not going to sacrifice his jumping height just because Leo Rush is like five foot whatever. He's, he's going to kick downwards. So, uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but just like everything, like you said, Leo Rush selling, you know, the proper way, the facial expressions, letting you know what you're supposed to be feeling at that moment, or definitely what Leo's feeling at that moment. Um, you know, the, the trickiest part of these things is when you're an athlete like Leo Rush and you can do the amazing things, but you're a heel. You don't want to outshine your baby face and just do all your shit and get all your shit in when you're supposed to be a heel. And so how do you get it in without, uh, you know, going against your character or what the match needs, right? And so one way, one way that you do it is this is an example of telling a story, right? We always hear, oh, tell a story in the ring and then nobody says how the story gets told or whatever, except me sometimes. And, hmm. and you know, we do this here. But, um, you know, in other podcasts and things, you hear people say, God, just what happened to telling a story in the ring? And then you hear it from somebody that doesn't explain that or, you know, really break it down. But I'll give you an example, okay? So, yeah, this is the opposite of a... Uh, you know, a subculture match. I, I'm going to be able to break down a specific point in this. So, um, there's the thing that Leo Rush likes to do where he does change of direction and like, he'll go to hit the ropes and then he'll stop and then go in the other direction. Like he'll stop on a dime and then run the other way. And he's usually doing this. He does spots where he's like evading the person. Like he's, he's, uh, uh, they're trying to grab him or hit him and he's like ducking out of the way, scooting out of the way, sliding out of the way, flipping out of the way, whatever he does to just sort of like disorient them. So they do that spot early on with Kevin Knight where he's like slightly confused. But then later on in the match, Leo Rush tries the same thing again. And Kevin and Knight then, caught on to it. Yep. 
he he goes to hit the ropes and change direction but kevin knight follows behind him and by the time leo rush realizes what happened he comes off with the clothesline now how many times we see that spot where somebody follows the dibiase yeah um when how many times do you see somebody do that spot where they follow him in and then it's just like okay well you're you look like an idiot for not knowing this so not only did uh not only did he do it but he made it make sense so yeah just just brilliance from leo rush as as i know that he always can do um playing to kevin's strengths too you know get how do, how do we get your spot in you know like with like the jump up you know hurricane rana off the second rope you know where he jumps up from the ground you know how do we get that in we get it we set it up in a way that makes sense right so dude the the crowd reaction after that like because that was built to and meant something mm-hmm. yep so um but ultimately you know uh he slips on a banana peel and leo rush hits the final hour for the win and then um post-match attack uh so leo rush gets on him and starts punching him after the bell which i mean come on like now in this current wrestling climate you should be fired for that like uh he should fear for it like kevin and i should fear for his life um leo rush should be fired uh and then kushida comes out and he makes the save, you know, he hits him with his baseball pitch punch. And um, even though that he was doing something to help his friend and save him, like, this was not in the confines of a match. So I think Kushida should at least be suspended. We can talk about suspending Kushida indefinitely. Uh, Leo Rush should definitely be fired. Um, we don't want to create an unsafe and work environment. Everybody in there, all the production people, all the fans and everybody were in danger from Leo Rush. So we just, I'm sorry, you can't be an impact wrestling anymore. Despite how great a match you had, you're fired. At the so. very least, suspend Kashida for bringing that red X out to the ring. Oh, yeah. You know what he could do. You could put an eye out with that. You know, it's very sharp. You could stab somebody with it. You could uh, scratch somebody with a corner of it. You know, you just... Yeah, we we we'll have to talk with the discipline committee about what to do with this. But in any case, the next thing that we have is uh, Dango Bravo, and they do their usual stuff. They're on a bridge somewhere in Toronto, I guess. A nice view. Uh, they're doing all their, you know, like I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna repeat everything he said. Some stuff was like, you know, shouting out congratulations to dixie carter for a thousand episodes and um he does a parody he does a parody of jake something's promo which is funny uh so you know there, there's some good good comedy stuff from dango as usual but uh so yeah him versus jake something Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of concerned where they're going to go with Dango after, or wonder where they're going to go with Dango after this, because like he should be somebody who he should be like a top level heel with this character. Yeah, because like if he keeps doing jobs to younger guys, like that just keeps diminishing them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. Which again is not a bad spot for him to be getting younger guys over, but that's all you're doing with him. Well, then that it's just kind of like it is is the diminishing returns. Some people would argue that just him getting these things is what's getting him over, and no one will remember the matches. I'm not saying that I'm one of those people, but uh, some might say that. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I believe the match for something is for the Impact 1000. So if you've seen spoilers, it's already happened and you know what happened. We don't. I don't. Um, but yeah. Now, speaking of that, there's another little promo use where uh, Jordan Grace rips a picture of Deanna. Uh, so get ready for that <laughs> match. That's for Victory Road. Um and then we get a contract signing, our favorite thing in wrestling, with uh, Delicia Edwards um, and Trinity Santino's out there. Uh, yeah, give me or you know, there's some. All right, so there's some trash talking, some drink throwing, some fisticuffs. Uh, Fat Eddie throws Trinity through the table. Um, Kazarian eventually runs out, you know, and. Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought some of the trash talking was a little decent, but other than that, it was basically your trip typical uh, contract signing. I mean, they they Except tried to Eddie kinda... put a woman through a table. Where's my purse? I need to clutch it. All I got is Gary. Just clutch Gary. Oh, <sighs> can't believe that bastard Eddie Edwards put a woman. Put his hands on a woman. She's a woman, damn it. Like, how is him putting her through a table any worse than another knockout putting her through a table? It's so much worse. His muscles threw her through that table so hard, the impact probably, no pun intended, caused severe back injury, and it's going to jeopardize... Uh, her title chances against Delicia. I and why are you still doing contracts? He's just so signs? big and fat. You see that. Yeah. <laughs> Liz says appalling. Putting a woman through a table, probably because Alicia couldn't pick her up with all the hunger pains. <laughs> That's right. She's she's too she's too uh you know famished and starving to 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 lift anything. So she couldn't even lift a fork to her mouth if she had the food. So weak. Um yeah, you know, we're just having fun with it. It is what it is. Contract signing. You either you either do exactly what everybody expects you to do, or you subvert the expectations by doing nothing. And either way, it's never really truly satisfying. So, I will say everybody should be fired in this uh, because this was just a contract signing. This is business getting done for the company. We're just trying to get the match official, and people are throwing drinks and punching each other. And this is just I, I would fire both of them. Matches off. You know, knockouts title vacant. Really don't need this. Only Kazarian, I would say, doesn't get fired because he didn't really do anything. He just ran out there. But everybody else probably fired. I think fired. What do you think? Fired? Just fire him? 
Oh, yeah, fire him. Yeah, fire him. All right, just making sure. Um, The Machine Guns promo The Rascals. Uh, based on the quality of this promo, I'd fire him, but that's different. That's that's different than talking real legal matters and stuff. That's just my personal. It would probably be a combination or accumulation of things that would lead to this. But yeah. Well, I think Alex Shelley's already working on his next job. The way he's coming in this the show dress this last two weeks, looking like he's trying out for uh, auditioning for a spot in a Reservoir Dogs play. He's probably not gonna make it. Uh, acting skills is probably going to hold him back. Probably, and eh, he might be able to do Mr. Brown. I don't think he has very many lines in that. Before, the, before uh, Mr. White and Mr. Pink find him shot in a car. Yeah, that's probably the best role for him shot in a car. Oh, are we, are we talking about the movie or play still? <laughs> okay. All right, I'm just, I'm just having fun. I'm just entertaining you guys. Come on. Uh, but seriously, the promo was just, you know, another one yeah, of these 30 second. Typical. Nothing. Yeah. Typical wrestling promos. We're going to beat you. We'll see you Sunday. Mm, yep. Oh boy. Riveting. Yep. Uh, and then your main event is Bert and bully versus Josh and PCO uh fucking whatever i'm not gonna talk about this match but i will i will talk about the finish where oh the, god the finish the the, the oh, frank was... the frankenstein monster you know the uncontrollable zombie monster is concerned that he might accidentally hit the referee so he he goes for the thing and does the oh oh i might have hit a referee oh and then they hit him in the balls and roll him up so and then he gets right back up like it was nothing like well, yeah, late no... laziest finish i've probably ever seen he has no balls. I mean, he's dead. He's legally dead. He's alive enough to be concerned about the rules of the match and how hitting a ref might get him disqualified or at the very least cause him discomfort or perhaps a potential firing uh, for striking an official. But, I mean, certainly his balls are fine. Balls. <laughs> That's your impact main event. Holy uh, Ray gets a roll-up win. I'm the guy who's supposed to be wrestling on on the at the pay per view. Yep, I'm the guy who's supposed to be buying the pay per view. <laughs> Am I gonna do it? Do these? I mean, do these people seriously? Do you guys know anything, anything at all? I'm not talking. I'm not even gonna qualify that. I'm just asking. Do you know anything? Does anybody that's working here know anything? No, no, they don't. Okay, they don't. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of Victory Road, we had a pay per view called Victory Road. Um, did you watch Victory Road? Up to the tag title match. Okay. Well, let me tell you something. Uh. This was, what was this? I don't think this, this one wasn't as bad as Emergence was. I'll say that. Um, I definitely should have got some muffins, but uh, 
I probably could have used them more for the emergence review. Um, it, it, it was it was okay in parts, but I mean, as we break it down, I'm sure I'll change my own mind. Uh, starting with the countdown show, did you watch that? I did not. Not the countdown show. I, I, I read the results. Countdown shows. Okay, well, um, it starts with an Alan Angels open challenge because that's the level that Alan Angels is at. He's issuing open challenges. Like, what What does it matter? You've been beaten by the parking attendant in this company. Why would you, you know, you, you should be trying to get out of matches. But apparently you're opening up uh, your schedule to everybody that exists in the world right now. So that seems, that eh, makes sense. Anyway, um, in his promo, I wrote down, like, did did he did he say and i quote i i ran it back and i wrote it down because i wasn't sure that i heard what i heard and i i said did he say this open challenge could be anybody answered by <laughs> wow dude I wonder if he was nervous having a microphone in front of a live crowd. You think Alan Angels don't do a lot of promos in front of uh, live crowds? Could be his oh, first one ever. Probably Could be his last not. one ever. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully. Well, it was Little Guido answered by. That's uh, who answered by the open challenge. Answered. By answered. Um... So little Guido, uh, you know, have have a match. Uh, Alan Angels fakes an injury, and then he rakes little Guido's eyes and hits his finish, which I've never seen since he never wins. Uh, but if you're curious, it's something like the C4 spike, but it's just like a what? What, what is it? Who does this move? El Desperado Daniels. does this move. Yeah, that too. Yes, the angels, the angels' wings, right? Yeah. El Desperado does it uh, as Pinche Loco, but he does the splits when he does it, so it looks cool. Um, yeah, it's basically yeah, it's the angels' wings. All right, that's right. Um, also, and this was just like a little thing, but it seems like a big thing. Um. If I was like, you know, if I was in that situation that he was in where like, uh, you know, a, a respected veteran or whatever is coming in and putting me over, I would never do that thing where, you know, when you're, when you're pinning the guy and like you like forearm him across the face and like grab his chin or whatever, like you just push his face to the side. Like, yeah, I don't, you don't do that. I don't think. Watch this. Not not unless and not unless the vet calls in the back saying, "Hey, do this to me to get your character over." Right. In which, which case, it'd be disrespectful. Wouldn't. Right. Which, if they told you to do that, it'd be disrespectful not to. But then again, we don't know what conversations they had backstage. Do you see a lot of veterans saying, "Hey, uh, cross face me on the pin just to be an extra bit of a dick"? Like, does that spot get called a lot? 
I might call that if I'm if I'm in that position, and as the character I'm working with is somebody who's a cocky, disrespectful heel, then I'm I might call that. Cause see, I wouldn't think like that. I would think if you're gonna do that, you go the whole nine, you know, do something else disrespectful that's obviously blatant and disrespectful, not something that maybe nobody will notice. It seemed like he just did it at the spur of the moment, and it just seemed disrespectful. So. Anyway, I interpret that as disrespectful. But, you know, whatever. The guy can't even speak, so what does he know about respect? Um, anyway, uh, next we have... Um, let's see. How can I do this in, the, in a, the style of a Conrad Thompson? So we see PCO uh, walking through the parking lot, and then, um, you know... We see a uh, bully Ray hit that motherfucker with a car. Well, it's a good thing the camera was filming this, right? They were. It was a good thing they were out there waiting for uh, PCO to arrive, and right at that exact moment that he was arriving at the building, which I guess he walked there from Toronto. If, if I'm a district attorney in that area. I'm just doing this, like, whoo-hoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, as Jerome already beat me to it, that's a firing. You better believe that's a firing, an on-camera vehicular assault. Like, we're, if we're, we're talking about front face locks in the back, we got to talk about vehicular assault. That you don't, you just get to have, you just get to hit a guy with a car and just have your match, like, I mean, I, I know he thought he wasn't going to have the match, but like, I'm sorry. You just, when you get to the building, you have to be arrested and, you know, I'm going to fire you. It's also Maybe. nice to know that Bully drives the car in his full ring gear too. Like with the, with the knee pads down around the boots, you know, he doesn't need them in the car cause he probably doesn't hit his knees on the steering wheel that much, but he, he does have them on just in case he needs to pull them up real quick why does why is every company not have some like on movie sets they have people who are there to pay attention to detail and continuity and things like this why mm -hmm. don't wrestling companies have somebody doing this oh you mean wrestling companies that historically wrestling does not like to bring in tag teams because they have to pay an extra person good point <laughs> yeah so yeah, this was awesome. I remember what I was saying earlier about does anybody know anything? Um, well, so we had a severe, like, unless I missed it, we had a severe lack of moose on that last episode, right? You didn't miss it. Um, that's pretty much the whole point of my little name thing. Where the fuck is moose? Mm -hmm. All right, just making sure, just making extra sure. Well, I'll tell you where moose is, all right? He's right here on this pre-show. Uh, and the most professional wrestling gods regrettably have gone full team. They have a new song. They have the matching gear like they had um, with vests. Uh, they have a tandem entrance. So now when Moose is doing his, his heavy breathing on the, the stage, then... Myers is right there in front of him doing his stupid raven pose. 
Um, I'm just Raven just tell him, eh, hey, 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 uh, do my pose. Like, does he does he do that or because he was already doing that pose before Raven was working there? So how can you be the most professional wrestler when you're ripping off other people's gimmicks? I mean, if you're a heel, I can see. It. Well, that's the least. That's the least of my issues with Myers, anyway. But <laughs> I'm just saying. So there. So once again, uh, mashup song, matching gear, including matching entrance gear, tandem entrance, and they're on the pre-show. This is the worst possible timeline that we're living in right now. I need to find a way into the multiverse to correct this anomaly and uh get things back to your universe where moose is the champion um but uh so besides that um this is going to be the meanest thing i've ever said about moose uh nothing about this match clicked at all um moose and myers don't appear to have any chemistry really like i i don't think in the ring or outside of the ring they really have any chemistry it's just like these are clearly two separate guys and they're just standing next to each other um they don't interact particularly well i don't think uh there's no chemistry between the two opposing teams in the match so like um, which by the way, the other team was, uh, who fucking was it? Don't tell me. I'll remember. I forgot to write it down because I was just so upset that, um, I was seeing what I was seeing and I was just making notes on the tag team. But, uh, uh, it was, um, Yeah, I don't know. I forgot who it was. <laughs> uh, they won, whoever they were. So that's good. But yeah, there was no... Oh, it was ABC. Sorry. That's who it was. It was ABC. So there was no chemistry between ABC and MPWG. Uh, they just were like... It, it wasn't that the match just was not it, it was you know what i mean maybe the fans don't know as much but i'm sure you brandon know what i mean the chemistry of where you're just seeing this match and like they're doing the stuff that they talked about doing but it just doesn't have that like it doesn't have that i don't know there there's an it factor to a match even you know where you, you could feel like it's going good and this feels like it's going well mostly it's going the way we talked about but it's not interesting like the fans aren't really i don't know everybody just seems like they're i don't know if they're phoning it in or they, they didn't seem like they're phoning it in it just doesn't have that like ah you know that thing that thing when you, it doesn't have that <laughs> kevin knight and leo rush you know where you're like into that the emotion of it you know um so there was none of that uh so no chemistry between moose and myers no chemistry between the teams no chemistry in the match during the match they tried to do one of the instant replays to show like a dive or whatever and there was a technical issue with the instant replay where 
the instant replay went full screen and it looked like that was what was happening live even though it just saw it so they fucked that up and then after myers got rolled up um because yeah he got rolled up um by uh i think it was ace austin rolled him up the, the referee like like the, the i don't know i don't know if it's the ref's fault but the bell didn't ring for like three three four seconds or something like that it was like a three count and then i was like was that it and then the bell rang and i was like oh i guess it was it i just i thought it was a three count but no bell rang and i was like nothing about this whole thing was cursed basically is what i'm saying like it should never have happened it's like a hey this kind of thing happened let's let's do better next time type deal it was fucked so and that's the meanest thing i'll ever say about moose well so far mm. man what are the Again, I'll go back to saying, like, you have, you know, this guy brings to the table and you have him locked in for at least a decade. For the longest. Why the fuck are you doing this with him? Like, he's like, why? This is a guy you can build the entire company around and you know he's not going anywhere. What the fuck? Maybe it's just not his time. Maybe he's on that L.A. Knight schedule. Because they've got L.A. Knight's push marked on the calendar. We're just not there yet. You know, we got a few more holidays to get through and, you know, some other things. And we got to see how football plays out. And then we can think about pushing L.A. Knight. But we've got it marked down on the calendar. It's got a said date. We don't know what it is, but they know what it is. So L.A. Knight push coming soon. Same thing with Moose. I'm sure they've got him earmarked for his eventual push, and they're just tying up all their loose ends. And you know, like they like they first before they push Moose, they got to make sure their instant replay guy is able to do his job. Um, they got to make sure to fire all the people that uh, are hitting people with cars in the parking lot and and these things. So I can understand they're just not ready for the the big Moose push yet. Um, but we're ready for Victory Road. And uh, our first match, well, spoke of Leo Rush earlier. Um, and now Kushida is attempting to cash in on his X Division Championship match against the champion Leo Rush here. Um, they put on a good 12 minutes or so. I didn't really count it, but that's what it felt like. And, uh, you know, uh, Kushida unsuccessful, unfortunately for him in capturing that championship. Uh, he was low blowed, which on a human living person does work. So that set up the final hour and Leo Rush retains. Uh, what'd you think of this match? Another good outing from Leo Rush. Absolutely. Again, shows how much of a better worker him and i guess you could throw say kushida as well in there like when they did the spot where he went after kushida's eyes they made sure that the ref wasn't looking so all the heat went to rush um the only thing i didn't really care for is how like the no selling of the arm or they kind of just kind of ignored the arm damage that kushida did to did to rush when they went into the finish and the subsequent sequences after that but other than that i thought it was a great match and they're i mean kushida and rush you can't go wrong with those two together all right. Did you like the dive 
where he catches him on the hoverboard. You need what? When uh, and Leo rushed to the dive and uh, Kushida catches him in the hoverboard lock. That was cool. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Like he saw it coming, so he prepared himself to get in position where he can lock that in. I liked it. But again, like I, I wish I would have had more of a consequence later on in the match. Yeah. Sometimes people just forget. I don't know. It, you know, it's just not... It's something everybody could work on a little bit more. Uh, all right, so Santino is distraught backstage because PCO is dead. Uh, he was killed in the parking lot with a car, and he's on a gurney, and now he's like, what am I going to do? Half of my match is dead. And uh, Dr. Cadaver's there. Uh, he's not wearing his lab coat, though, which is like, really? With the Frankenstein character, you're not going to wear the lab coat? Now is when you're just going to dress like a normal person? Please. God, yeah, I, the, does anybody know anything is what I keep asking here. I mean, if you're going to go like ridiculous, like insane outside the box, then fucking commit to the bit and go all the way. He must have just left it at home. That's the only thing I can think of. He was like, oh, shit. Like, they called him at the last second, and he was in a rush. He couldn't get his coat, his lap coat. And they couldn't find one in the entire city, so they just were like, ah, just go out there like normal. Everyone will know who you are. You're over. Um, so, yeah. Well, PCO's not dead. He sits up on the gurney. So, I'm sure we were all surprised because we thought he was dead. And as long as you're not dead, I guess it's okay to have the match and not fire Bully Ray, right? Who did who didn't see that coming? Him sitting up and just completely no selling getting hit by a car. Who didn't see that coming? We all saw it. Bully. You drive with knee pads, bully. Uh knockouts tag team title match. It's Shaw and Evans versus MK Ultra. Now this match was pretty good. Uh, it was almost a perfect match. However, um, the hot tag was not. Uh, it was not very good. They got heat on Kelly. Um, there was a good heat spot where she went to hit the ropes, and somebody did the low bridge. Uh, Jay Vidal did the low bridge on the second rope, so she goes tumbling through to the floor and hurts her back, and then. They kick the shit out of her for a while. They take turns kicking the shit out of her. Giselle and uh, Evans do. And uh, so, like, you're really getting hyped for Masha to get in there and clean some house. They, and they she, were, which I think they were smart having Masha be the one to take the hot tag because the crowd wants to see her get in there and kill people. Oh, oh, I'll talk about that in a second, brother. So, so then, um, so she's selling, selling, selling. Then they go to grab her as she's crawling towards the thing, and she kicks, she kicks uh, Evans off, or no, she kicks Giselle off, and then starts reaching for the tag again. Well, Giselle goes to tag uh, Savannah, and then she tags Savannah, and simultaneously, um, Masha gets tagged in. So the proper way to do it would be for heel gets tagged first, baby face gets tagged next. Yes, and the heel should get all the way over to the baby face, like, but just a second too late. So 
that's when you have to reveal that you have to like, okay, I, I, you know, I lose my balance trying to like, you know, the, the perfect way to do it would be if she does a diving tag and you dive, then, um, that gives you a reason why you're not ready for the baby face to come in. Right. Cause you just took a bump, not, not because somebody hurt you, but because you dive trying to grab her leg or something. So now you have to get up off the mat while you're getting up off the mat. Here comes Masha Slamovich house of fire. Right. So that it's a perfect thing. Well, they didn't do that, but they, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, so, but she did come in and she was a house of fire. It's a good comeback. Um, like when you see Masha Slamovich in there she's at a different speed <laughs> like she she's at the speed that you need to be at and she's like coming in doing some of those some of those moves that she was doing or that you know like the kick like that spinning kick or whatever she did and and like all these things she doesn't look like you know when you see like um i'll just throw a name out there i don't mean to pick on it but like a live morgan or whatever like live morgan like running the ropes and she's got the little pitter patter and she Eh, just like gently hits the ropes like you're completely killing the gimmick of hitting the ropes but you know when masha hits those ropes she hits those ropes when she comes at you she lays it in she's looking like she's doing stuff and she's not moving slowly like she's afraid she's gonna break something um so she's awesome eventually the you know they put the dip in the comeback, but she snowplows Evans and gets the one, two, threes for MK Ultra to retain. What'd you think of the match? I thought it was decent. Um, again, my only thing is the thing that I've been saying on here for a long time is that I think the Sean Tourage is dead. They buried that group so far deep. They haven't, they've, they just need to disband and turn Shaw babyface. Well, I don't want to see her be a baby face. I mean, first of all, she's a cannibal. Second of all, they beat her into the ground already. So what is that supposed to engender sympathy? Oh, Not she's a loser. Evans. I want to cheer for her. <laughs> you can eat people. You can eat people, Savannah. You can do it. <laughs> You'll eat somebody one day. Good match, again, it, it again, it goes back to I think the only reason why people boo Shaw is they feel like they're supposed to because of that's the role that Shaw's playing. Yeah, well, that's the most you can hope for even being a heel these days. I feel. All right. Uh, so PCO is, uh, you know, he's fresh off the gurney and he's walking back there and you see Bully with the chair waiting it's very cinematic. This whole thing is it's very cinematic. I thought they were going into it right here. I thought we were going to get a cinematic match between Bully and PCO. Spoiler alert, we're not. Uh, he hits him with the chair and knocks him down. And then he goes for the gas again. And then uh, he starts pouring the gas on him. And then he goes to, he, he does the super villain, you know, James Bond villain cut a promo before you do something you got to deliver your line and then he <laughs> takes too long and pco spits the gasoline in his eyes and he runs off screaming so there you go um i mean you should definitely be fired again uh you shouldn't even have a job for this but he should be fired again 
for attacking with the chair and trying to get out of the match by burning him alive again. Like if that wasn't firing, but we weren't back when he set PCO on fire. We weren't, we didn't fire anybody in wrestling for a front face lock in the back. So now that we've done that, we have to re-examine these things. So that's why he still had a job up to this point. Uh, another thing I'd like to point out, um, as drone says, if you're going to be a cannibal, you got to use the right seasoning, which I'm not going to endorse that statement, but I will. Um, okay. Uh, so, uh, so you're a bully and you're about to set a guy on fire, right? Like you clearly have no problem doing it. It's not even the first time you've done it. It's not even the first time you've done it this year. So we know that you're fine with this. Um, so you're waiting backstage and you could have anything in your hands and you have a folding chair. I just want people to like really think about, I, I want them to watch this with my eyes and see how stupid everything is. Like you could have had, you just hit a guy with a car in between hitting a guy with a car in the parking lot and setting him on fire. Your utensil of choice is a steel folding chair, a black steel folding chair that you, you're not like, we didn't see like bully run up and like, he's looking around, like, what can I grab? And there's a chair sitting there. So he grabs that he's waiting. He's standing there with the chair and they do this cinematic angle where PCO walks past it. As you see, Again, some film school dropout or whatever is like, yes, this is my thesis. And then he's he see you see the perspective change where Bully is like now in the background while PCO's in the foreground, and he's waiting there with his chair, like, I'm gonna hit this guy. So he thinks he's they're really building the dramatic tension, like, oh my god, he's gonna hit him. Is that really the best thing you could find in the whole building that you're gonna hit this guy with? You're gonna attempt to murder this guy which you've already tried to murder on multiple occasions and it hasn't worked, but a steel folding chair, you know, which that's just how he gets out of bed. Like when PCO is in bed, assuming he sleeps, uh, he just rolls onto a pile of folding chairs to start his day. That's nothing to him. So, but that's what you're going to do. I just want people to see how stupid this is and how nobody knows anything. And I, and again, the reason I go hard, on him in particular is because this is a guy that's hated in the wrestling business for being an asshole. And even though he was never rude to me or anything, but I just know he's the kind of guy that's on busted open radio telling everybody else what they need to do. You know? Oh, I've heard this. Uh, you ever heard the story about how like, or Devon's told, told stories about how people would walk into the locker room and try to, you know, converse with Bubba. And he'd say like, you see nice guy imprinted on my forehead? No, you don't. Fuck off. Right. And he probably thought, hey, that's good heat, man. If the, if the boys believe it, the fans will believe it. Like, you could see his fat, dumb ass thinking things like that. Like, it's totally within his character. And and I just... But it's, it's one thing to be critical of everybody and everything and to be an asshole or whatever. But when you go out there and everything you do is the complete shits, then you sh probably should just keep your mouth shut. You don't get to have it both ways, I guess, is the thing. So, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't listen to busting open radio. Why would I? Uh, anyway, this sucked. Um, 
and the best part about it so like we just saw another attempt at murder right and pco spits the gas in his eyes and he, he goes he he screams and runs away like he's uh and he's, he says he's screaming running away and they're just like well who cares about that let's go to the crazy steve package like we don't like nothing interesting to see here no no uh you know this was a this was a planned segment it was gonna last this long and we were already ready to pitch to the next thing so you know that again fakest shit ever you call this wrestling you call this pro wrestling you call this television does anybody know anything all right so we get the steve package i believe this is the exact same thing they showed on impact wasn't it okay uh so taurus versus crazy steve um who isn't crazy despite his video which says crazy steve and his name which is crazy steve he's not crazy though don't worry uh a lot there's a lot i could say about this match i'm not gonna bother um i will say that a fork is introduced again remember you're setting something up like you could you could bring anything you want but one silver dinner fork not a salad fork it is a dinner fork uh and he hides that like sort of under the announce table i think yep so they did the broadcast up to that well, point not knowing they, they had established that or at least the announcers uh set up that he was checked early on because of the fork he brought during the impact match so he had to hide it under the announce table because he knew because he knew that the referee was going to check him i think that's I what mean, they were setting up but he had to be a fork though again he could have picked anything he wanted he could have brought a knife if he wanted, you know, could have brought anything he wanted, brought a gun even. Cause nobody cares, right? It's just, it's, it's wrestling. We can do whatever we want. So just hide a gun under the thing and shoot Taurus. Or, or how about a sword? Since he's a bull, like you stab him through the heart as he runs past your red cape. Why would you settle for a fork? A fork's not going to reach. I don't think the fork's going to penetrate the uh, rib cage. Anyway, uh, it just it's just there. The fork is only there for the referee to take it away so that he can thumb him in the eyes and hit a tornado DDT. That's the finish. And then the announcers keep saying things like, is this the death of decay? No, what do you think? <laughs> JL says no grape knife. What well, this isn't Hitman, Jerome. It's not Hitman. You just don't just have grape knives laying around. You need a spoon to remove the eyeballs. So uh Yeah, well, if you have anything to add, please. 
again, like there's potential with what they could be doing with Crazy Steve and his character, but this it's just going all wrong. They're trying so hard to make it look like, like a heel version of like the mankind stuff from '97. It's just not going to work. Like he needs to be his own unique thing. Like there's something there that can be done and cultivated and molded into something, but they ain't doing it. That's right. And I know you didn't mean it like this, but just remember, in the wrestling business, potential is coded language for why are you still the shits? Um, speaking of which, Dreamer with Gia and no music underneath. Uh, you know, like, I already buried Dreamer, so I'll say <laughs> this. This thing was short, sweet, and to the point. He just cut a promo to the camera, and it was good, and it didn't take long, and that's you know what he needed to do so i'm a fair man i am fair i would give tommy dreamer's promo an a all right so my personal feelings or whatever do not reflect everything i will just not bury somebody out of hand uh they need to deserve it and don't worry because the match is coming up and that is the digital media championship match tommy dreamer versus kenny king with Tommy Dreamer's career on the line. Did this feel like a rehash of the Kenny King Johnny Swinger match just with Dreamer going over instead? Sort of. They even showed the Johnny Swinger video again. The Hypnospace Outlaw video. <laughs> and somebody pointed out it looked like some looked like like Swinger had just got Windows 95 and figured out how to use like the most basic video editor on that, which when put it in that context, it makes sense. It's very, it's very fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, as I mean, it did basically. I mean, it's similar. It's a similar thing. Um, you know, Dreamer and Swing back when, back when Johnny Swinger was an actual wrestler trying. You know, like they were in ECW together, and so you know, there's history there. It makes sense the connection. Um, but um. And then you get this match, <laughs> which, wow. So this, re this really, this whole storyline felt felt like an ass pull. Sure, sure. Uh, that, but then again, also the match. So <laughs> here's a good encapsulation of what you're gonna see. So while Dreamer is selling a corkscrew plancha for Kenny King which he almost killed himself on because I don't know. I'm not even going to blame anybody. Let's just say, uh, somehow against something as fat and squishy as Tommy dreamer, uh, Kenny King bounced off and almost hit his head on the guardrail or possibly he did hit his head on the guardrail, which is supposedly essentially supposed to be a cross body, but somehow he ended up over Tommy dreamer and hitting his head on the guardrail. So besides that though, never mind that while Tommy dreamer selling that, um he's just lying he's lying on the floor with the pain look in his face as he's like tying the drawstring of his pants like he's like cinching up his drawstring of his pants and tying it because i guess they weren't i guess he didn't have the right fitting pants at the time uh he didn't check before he went out there to see if his pants were going to fucking fall off so he had to wait until he was selling a move to uh tie them back together while the camera's just on him tying his fucking his fucking fat guy pants. So, shit is real. 
Um, I felt bad for Kenny King in this. Like, this is clearly a case of a guy when you just look on paper, you just see this fucking athlete out there, you know, wrestling a beanbag chair, and he has to pull the beanbag chair over on top of himself for the win. Um, you know, I mean, wrestling a broomstick's one thing. It's easy to move that around. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, Sheldon Jean does the jump up. Um, Heath comes in, hits a wake up call. Um, oh, I should mention that when Sheldon Jean did the jump up, that was Tommy Dreamer was struggling to get to the top rope. And then when Sheldon Jean jumped down, he did the thing where like his hands hit the top rope or whatever, like as he jumps down, which was, that was actually good. And Dreamer crotched himself there. And it was at that point, while the referee was extremely busy getting rid of Sheldon Jean, that Heath came in, hit the wake up call. Uh, apparently the ref didn't hear the giant bump behind and just turn around. And then, uh, you know, Tommy Dreamer hits the Dreamer DDT, and we have a new digital media champion. Yeah. So it's just like when you <clears throat> clearly can't go anymore, just, you know, this really should have been his retirement match, especially based on yep. the performance within it. Like you, you went out there in front of everybody and proved that you can't do it anymore. And give you can't Kenny do King it to a level without embarrassing yourself. So and give Kenny King a little rub on your way out, right? And not that way, not not in that, not in that context, and not in that sense. Don't rub Kenny yeah. King. Nobody. Yeah, not, I know yeah, he was not, a not if, yeah, not if you're yeah, yeah, not the Vince McMahon riding back to riding back from Saudi Arabia with Young Ryder kind of rub. No, don't do that. No. You you cannot touch the dancers. There's no sex in the champagne room. Okay. Just, just retire. Um, but I don't know. He still has a chance to retire just because he's a digital media champion. It doesn't mean he has to be a champion and defend it. He could just give it up and retire. That'd be good. We'll see. That'd work. Uh, Bert and Josh warm up, and then we get a package, and we get uh, Deanna Parazzo versus Jordan Grace. Right, any thoughts on this match? Uh, it was a match. I mean, it. What have we seen from these two that we haven't seen already? Good point. Uh, well, I'll tell you what we haven't seen. We haven't seen Jordan Grace get a win. She was zero and four against Deanna, and now you can put a one in that win column because she hit the Grace driver, and she has beaten Deanna Parazzo. Uh, there are talks I've seen on the sheets that Parazzo's on her way out. So. This could explain her treatment as of late. And again, like what else can Deanna do there that she hasn't already done? Like she's basically done it all. Right. So we'll see. Where's she gonna go? Um or is she gonna get the moose deal? <laughs> Cause hey, you know, they beat Moose into pace too, and they, you know, sign him to a long term deal, so whatever. All right, package, and then uh, PCO versus Bully, anything goes. Um, anything goes. Man, I wish I was watching. We should just review 
Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom instead of continuing to talk about this show because, man. I, I, feel like I, I feel like I got my heart ripped out, basically. Well, to this. be fair, like the way they've been building up this PCO character, that's, it, that's, how, that's the only way you can beat him. Rip his heart out and eat it. Yep. And even then. So anyway, Bully tries to leave. Uh, and Santino and security block the door so he can't leave. And then PCO jumps him. And then blah, 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 blah. Stuff happens. You can imagine. Again, you know, like you have this thing. Okay, so just another just another little thing, you know, that I'm saying. I will expose every little thing that I can think of just to show you how dumb this is. If you're not convinced that this shit is dumb, I just want you to be convinced thoroughly. So they have a bunch of stuff already set up around the ring. And so Bully goes and grabs a trash can of all things, right? And then there's stuff in the trash can, like the lid and like maybe something else. Like there's some other stuff. He dumps the stuff out of the trash can just so he can go and hit PCO with the trash can. Now, again, you already tried to kill this guy twice tonight, like literally kill him. Not just, you know, not just hyperbole, but like you hit him with the car and then you try to set him on fire again. Why do you care if there's something in the trash can when you hit him with it? Just hit him with the whole fucking full trash can. Are like, are you serious? Are you serious? And the stuff that this guy does to himself, you think he cares if there's like a trash can lid in the trash can? Just fucking hit him with it. You, God, these people are so dumb. So dumb. Anyway. Um, the match is a bunch of stuff like that. And then uh, they go for a table spot where it's supposed to you know he's supposed to like set up the table and and put bully ray through the table so he lays him on the table and goes to do his swanton off the top or whatever and the table breaks but not in the place that you normally would think that the table would break the foot of the table breaks so it just bends and then the table falls over intact and then they're like trying to set the table back up because they don't realize like well, first, first of all, your spot got fucked up anyway, and you're trying to you're doing the thing where you're just running the spot again. So you're setting up the table, and you don't realize that the foot is broken, and that's why the table fell over. Like I've never seen two fat guys like do the table spot where they slid off the table and the table fell over and nobody hit anything, but they still somehow broke the foot of the table. So they're trying to stand the table back up, and it won't stand because the foot has bent. The completely other way you know what i'm talking about like i'm i mean brandy you saw it I'm, but i so the people listening and the people kind of watching can see me do this but you know that little u-shaped thing on the legs of the table that okay one of those bent the completely other way so now it's facing up and it doesn't look like a u it looks like an s now so you can't stand it up because it's only got the foot on one side of it so it keeps falling over when they try to stand it up so finally somebody gets the bright idea to uh set it up in the corner standing up and then he puts boy through the table and pins him oh geez at least it was two veterans who kind of had an idea how to work around that and improvise like if it had been one of the young these younger guys they would have been deer in the headlights not knowing not knowing what the fuck to do it doesn't matter if they're veterans. They did all the same shit on purpose beforehand. So, rotten. 
fucking rotten, rotten match, rotten things happened in the match, rotten storyline about the match, everything about this was rotten. Um, both these guys should retire with Tommy Dreamer. They can all retire uh, to, I don't know, whatever, Golden Corral. Fuck Island, pal, yeah. Gross. Uh... So Scott and Eric are with Gia and no music underneath. Something about a thousand episodes. Nobody cares. And then the Impact Tag Team title match with the Guns versus the Rascals. Now, did you watch this match or did you watch up to this match? Up to this match. So you didn't see this match? No, in fact, let me pull it up right now. Yeah, I'm actually looking at them about ready to ring the bell right now. Oh, don't bother. It sucked. Get your Yup shirt at shopimpact.com. Yep. Um, yeah, this match it had all your favorite things, uh, synchronized swimming, uh, double teaming. The, the, the ref just goes, I don't know, I guess. And then a, a nice roll up on Goldberg 98. So all the greatest hits are here. Everybody's favorite match. Everybody's favorite wrestlers. This is exactly what you paid for. Alex Shelley influenced an entire generation. An entire generation. I mean, God, he influenced Bully. You know? It was only Alex Shelley savvy that allowed him to salvage that table spot. Uh, then we get a package, and then we get the Knockouts Championship Package. Match. Package. Luger, excuse me, package. Uh, knockouts title, Lish versus Trin. Um, Fat Eddie wants to introduce the wife. So he gets on the microphone, uh, and then she says, like, Oh, boo, boo. I can't even understand all you idiots with your stupid accent. So I guess stupid accent is a thing now. I, I think what, again, I'm not defending it. I'm not supporting it. I'm just trying to explain what I think what their mentality is. I think what they're trying to go with is, Alicia having such a very obvious Boston accent, her making fun of everybody else's, yeah. so that they can turn it around and make fun of hers. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I, yeah, I get that. That's fine. There's no, I, there's no problem with that. I was just thinking because they did it in the Toronto taping, and I thought she was just doing it there, but this is you know a different place. So I just, it's not I gimmick worthy. It's no. New York. It's New York now. So I thought, you know, yeah. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be a little bit more like in line with the Boston one? Oh, I mean, not quite, but like, you know, a little closer yeah. to home. Basically all I'm saying is I didn't know if that was a one-off, but apparently now she's probably going to make that her thing. Every town she goes to, they have a stupid ex. Yeah, it, and Liz it's, says it, it's not the worst one-off, but making it a whole like character trait, nah. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Could, could do it. It's fine. I mean, what else has she got? She's got nothing. So I mean, I thought the whole intrigue of like her trying to step out of the shadow of being a wrestler's wife and trying to make her own carve her own like, like slice and her portion. I thought that was kind of intriguing if they would have went, went that way, but obviously they're not. Guess not. Uh, well, anyway, they have a match. Uh, surprising. Uh, they have a match. Um, after the ref gets bumped, 
so there you go. Uh, after that happens, uh, Eddie gets involved. Um, but don't worry, because they're going to hit Tracy Brooks's music, and she's going to run out with her sequin jacket and her you know wrestling pants on. And she's going to run down there with her husband, and they're going to save the day. Uh, so she and Kaz get um, Fat Eddie eventually. They get him set up on a table. And Trinity is supposed to come off the top and put Eddie through the table as payback for, you know, the contract signing. And unbelievably, uh, they can't break the table even with Fat Eddie on it. So this is the second table that did not, this was, this was a shoot table. It's not a working table as Bruce Pritchard would call it. Um, so there you go. Uh, that was funny though. It was funny just seeing like the fat Eddie just slide off the table. Like it was great. Um, and then, uh, while this is all going on or whatever, you know, she gets back in, but the ref is still down. So then, uh, uh what's her name uh alicia gets uh kenny i think it's kenny because doesn't kendra have like a pink yeah i think i think kendra's painted pink yeah so kendra's pink so this must have been kenny she grabbed kenny and she nails trinity with kenny but that's not enough for the three count because the referee finally wakes up and i guess i guess just a second too late and uh so uh trinity finally um put slish away with the uh of all things the bubba bomb so maybe to pay tribute to not being able to break tables properly she wanted to use bubba's old finisher uh and get the win with that good match <laughs> i mean after i just watched what bully and pco did just shitting all over the ring and smearing it around in the mat like this this was basically like michael's taker um then we get the announcement that uh i would love to pitch to you for comment but you didn't watch it so and i wouldn't recommend it but you're gonna have to because you're gonna tell them how they could have done it better yep uh you're not gonna have to tell them how to do this better they announced that uh mike Tanay and don west are going into the impact hall of fame so yeah there's there's no top in that like two deserving guys who I mean, they were for like, what was it? 2002 to 2007 years. They were the voice of impact. Or the voice of the company. Yeah. I, 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 I will call him the Lawler, the, the J.R. Jerry Lawler of that company. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no question. Um, yeah, and then we get a package, then we get uh, Bert versus Josh is your main event. A match with, I don't think there's any stakes on this match at all. No, nah, it was basically just story going into it, whether they were supposed to wrestle, but because of in Alexander's injuries, it never happened. And then Macklin got hurt, and then now they're finally having that match. Okay, well, uh, if this was any insight into what the finish of that match was supposed to be, uh josh goes over with the c4 spike shenanigans free and thank god because we had enough shenanigans on this fucking show already uh however 
this match is probably exactly what whatever your opinion of these guys were before this match it would do nothing to change it if you like them they did what you thought they'd do if you don't like them they did what you thought they'd do they just had a match and josh alexander won the end and then they went off the air with like and i looked at my timer bar and there was like seven minutes left on it so i was like what the fuck so i i moved it ahead and uh they came back on and Josh got on the microphone and thanked everybody for being there and thanked everybody for supporting and thanked everybody for a thousand episodes and thank you, thank you, thank you. And then they go to the announcer's table for an on-camera where they just continue to talk and then that was it. So like, I don't know who this was for because they put the logo up and the, the copyright and everything and went off the air and then they came back on with this. So I don't know how, what feed you would have saw this on. Uh, this is like an impact plus like bonus or something like that i couldn't tell you but they, they might have and i thought there was an angle coming but it was not it was just extra stuff it's very possible they could have ended up going short and they buzzed the ref saying hey tell tell alexander to get on the mic and just kill time yeah well you're supposed to do that before you go off the air that's the only thing about that like if that was the case if you just needed to pull some extra time you call that before the show's over. You don't go to black, then or fade before, out, then before, come back yeah. several seconds later. Or, or before the match or before the match starts, you tell Alexander and Macklin, hey, we're short. If you stretch it along as long as you guys can make it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, look, um, I don't think you can buy an impact wrestling pay-per-view by traditional means. I think you either go to like the fight TV app or you get the impact plus if it's one of the ones that's included with your subscription. So it's not like they have to worry about overages or underages. Like there's no time that they have to hit. The time is just whenever the show's done. So it doesn't make sense in any case. There's no way to explain why this happened the way it happened also it doesn't matter because they didn't do anything so it was really just for the crowd but we got to see it that's all it was except for the fact that the announcers were doing an on cam which the people in the building wouldn't have heard them so it doesn't whatever it doesn't matter victory road that's your show uh meh i will give this I'm just going to give it a D minus. The D minus is just the shade above an F. And the D minus is for everybody showing up and trying. And um, the reason it's all the way down at a D minus instead of anything higher is because everything they did on the show, for the most part, was so dumb that even the stuff they did well like the opening match or whatever, it gets completely forgotten. Like you're not going to remember if you had to actually sit through this show in real time, you're not going to remember the good match that Leo Rush and Kushida had at the start by the time you're watching, you know, tables not breaking at the end. So ultimately I can't call it a failure because the, you know, the good stuff did exist, but, um, but the good stuff was few and far between. It was, yeah, well, everything else was just so bad. 
the attempted murders, the failures of the props, the psychology not being there. Tommy Dreamer just embarrassing himself. Like, like watching so many episode things. of WCW uh, Nitro 99. I'll take that. Less went wrong. Um, so, but even though they went wrong, you didn't uh, go wrong with hearing our uh, recap of it and our review of it. Uh, we had a good show. Even if I say so myself, um, I think we had a good show tonight and you don't need to watch impact when you have us. So with that in mind, wherever else that you can find us, uh, Brandon, tell the people. You can find me on Twitter at transarchistia, twitch.tv slash miss Tia, the transarchist, as well as Substack at HMG Brandon. Whoop, whoop. Right, now on Twitch, you must have completely raided World of Warcraft. There must be no more things to raid, right? You've plundered everything at this point, right? There's nothing. Yeah, left. we're. I mean, I'm I'm trying to find different, trying to figure out di uh, different stuff to do in the time to do it. Plus, as well as we actually got some new. Uh, Was it? They actually announced the next content update coming out, hopefully in the middle of the middle of October in the latest. All right, so right around the corner. All right. Well, uh, as for uh, me, you can find me on those same places at Opinion Haver, uh, whether that is Twitch, whether that is Twitter, whether that is any of your other social media platforms, PlayStation Network, whatever, anything, even the things I don't use like Xbox Live or TikTok. You can still find Opinion Haver there, uh, but um, you just won't find me there. Uh, so follow me there. You can check me out at HMG all over the place, whether it's uh, Next Level Wrestling Review with Big Ray Hernandez every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, or whether it's, uh, you know, Wreckage uh, on Sundays at uh, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern uh, with uh, the PWC boys, Chris Ams and Jimmy T. Uh, you can find me on those type of places. Um, you can definitely find me um, uh, on some other stuff. Uh, you may not see me on Wrestling with Rip Rogers, but you will definitely hear about me because I'm constantly referenced with inside jokes and running gags. So even though I'm not on on the show every week, I'm still on the show every week. And they just uh, had a big interview with Jerry Briscoe. Uh, if you're a member of the channel, which is only $5 a month um, or whatever, whatever tier, there's two different tiers, I think. Uh, so three or five dollars a month or whatever, you get that full interview with Jerry Briscoe. It's two hours. They talk for two hours. And you've already probably seen some clips pop up. So Von Lilas is putting out the clips of Jerry Briscoe telling stories about, say, um, Danny Hodge and the infamous uh, plier breaking incident. Um, and where he where he went through an entire uh, hardware store's supply of unbreakable pliers and just snapped them with his hand one after the other and then um you uh yeah other other stories about the territories and things what really happened during the infamous uh wwf takeover was black saturday or whatever it was called um get his perspective on that so check that out and then uh, of course stevie richards you know stevie richards putting out stuff 
looking at uh, Goldberg, not not Chris Saban, but the actual Goldberg ending Bret Hart's career. That was a great video. It. Yep. Um, so you've got that. Uh, so there you go. Um, so you, you got that on both Patreon and YouTube. The content is... Uh, mostly different. There's a little bit of the same, but it's mostly different. So you're getting two different things on Patreon and YouTube. Stevie Richards wrestling analysis, and of course, Stevie Richards fitness is going strong as always. So check out all of those people and anybody else I forgot. Check them out too. <laughs> Go find something and check it out. Find your own thing and check it out, and then tell us to check it out um, at all the places that we told you. So. Word of mouth is the best form of spreading knowledge and information. That's right. And, and mouths also spread other things. So be careful with that. And uh, we're going to get locked down again. So uh, with that being said, uh, this has been Impact Attack. Uh, for Brandon, I'm the vet, and I don't have a sign-off line.